Hello everyone, uh, my name is Zara. Um, I'm doing an internship with Nottingham Trent University for the Health and Wellbeing Project. So today we will be hosting Andy from The Mind Apples um, just to ask uh, some question about how to look after your mental health um, for students. So if you would like to introduce yourself, um, Andy, and just give us um, a bit of an idea about um, your Mind Apple um, organization. Thank you very much. Yeah, nice to be here with you all. And hello, everyone in podcast land. Uh, so my name is Andy Gibson. Yeah, I run this organization called Mind Apples. I call myself head gardener because if you run your own organization, you get to make up your own stupid job titles. So you can kind of have stupid puns if you like. Um, and the idea of it has always been to encourage and support everyone to take care of their minds, but particularly with an emphasis on what we can do ourselves rather than it being a medical intervention, talking about what experts can do to think what can we as individuals and as society, as, as organizations do to promote good mental health to help us all to live well to build the good mentally healthy habits get support when we need it and so I started Mind Apples back in 2008 actually it's early days when when we were first talking about um, trying to break down the stigma around mental ill health but even back then there wasn't really anyone talking about mental health in the same way that we talk about physical health and so I, I was always throughout right back from the early days of Mind Apples trying to make that connection between um, the way that we look after our bodies and then the way that we can look after our minds, trying to see that as a natural part of our everyday life, that we can learn about uh, our minds in the same way that we learn about plaque on our teeth, uh, germs on our hands, cholesterol in our diet. We can also learn about stress, about moods, about decision making, creativity, the, the building blocks that make us think and feel and behave the way that we do. So we've, uh, we've been running for quite a long time and, and uh, offering lots of training. We do a lot of support with big organisations, trying to help their staff to be helpful healthier and, and work more effectively and then uh, on our charity side we do a lot of work with uh, uh, schools universities healthcare trusts community groups We've gone to a lot of music festivals asking stone teenagers about the health of their minds and uh, trying to get everyone thinking more about mental health so lots of different ends to what we do and lots of nice interesting conversations that we've had over the years seems like a lot of great work you guys doing um so for mental health i imagine having a kit bag of self-care support so i dip into it when i need it even more when i feel like more stressed than usual so what top tips would you recommend to encourage students to look after their mental health and well-being Yes, it's um, of course, every mind is different. We don't want to try and make out like everybody needs exactly the same thing. So one of the things that we do with Mind Apples is not to try and take too much of a prescriptive approach. We're more interested in people thinking about what works for them. But there's certainly a lot of decent evidence that doing things that you enjoy, things that you feel like your things, things that you have chosen to do um, is extremely good for your health and well-being. So a lot of this is not so much about saying you should do a particular thing, but about saying make time for your mind identify the things that you find are helpful for you and build your own personal kit bag as it were um, the other thing I suppose with it all is not to not to neglect some of the basics a lot of the things that we do that are good for our minds we take for granted they're part of our our habits our routines you know just having a shower in the morning or, or calling a friend or being outside these things that sort of happen without us consciously going I'll do something for my mind now but when we stop doing them we notice oh Oh, hang on I feel a bit different today I feel like I'm missing something and so a lot of this is about noticing the things that you 
you do on a regular basis that you just find help you to feel at home in your head make you feel calm make you feel like you're able to to deal with the day so i wouldn't neglect the basics of it you know we can talk about the kind of more sophisticated aspects about understanding your mind but on very basic levels just your mind will be hugely influenced by how much sleep you've had whether you've had some natural light today whether you've drunk water what you've eaten um whether you've seen other people and you're getting on well with other people around you these sort of these quite simple things and we often leap to more sophisticated things like therapy or medications to try and fix our minds but actually a lot of it can be just about building good mental hygiene good the kind of the simple stuff really does make a big difference yeah it's like simple things can make yeah, a huge difference um so what are the most like signs or symptoms to someone might experience of their mental health and um, start to be compromised it's very difficult to say because there's so many different things that our minds do there's so many different functions and so there's so many different things that can can cause problems so for example uh, to take stress stress is not an illness it's just a an emergency response it's a sign that you feel threatened i feel like you're worried about something but um you might well experience heightened heart rate or, or feeling that you can only think about this thing that is worrying you and you just obsess about that particular thing or um, it could show up in decision making that you find you're taking more risky choices or snapping at people or saying things that later on you regret and you think I wish I hadn't said that so it may come out in in your mental attitudes your behavior but equally you could find that you're struggling to sleep you might feel like everything's fine but then in you're having weird dreams or waking up a lot and it just points to there being something in the back of your mind that is, is feeling a bit unsettled and I'd say generally speaking a lot of the time we're, we're kind of vigilant for problems and thinking oh maybe this means that I, I'm going crazy but actually most of these things are fairly normal to experience a bit of anxieties worries feeling down one day and okay the next the things to particularly watch for is if you're feeling that you're kind of stuck it's not so much that you're feeling a particular way it's if you notice you're not able to feel certain things if you if you if it rather than it being bad sign that you're feeling sad today it's more of a worry if you don't feel capable of being happy if every day you feel that's sort of cut off or you don't feel able to feel at peace ever so as long as you're moving through different emotions that's fine it's okay to have good and bad days but if you feel stuck that's often a sign to try and get a bit of bit of support um, and also anything that just interferes with you being able to get those basics so a lot of the time the reason we often sort of spiral or things get a bit out of hand is that you know you start feeling worried about something but then you can't sleep that makes you feel more worried because you're feeling on edge because you haven't slept and it becomes a bit of a snowballs so watch for any of those times when you feel like the way that you're feeling the things that are going on mean that you can't get those basics you can't do your your five mind apples a day you can't sleep well or look after yourself that's when the self-care starts to go that's often my warning sign to think oh hang on i need to i need to do something here i need to need to ask for a bit of support because i'm i'm otherwise i'll it, it, you can you can find your mind running away with itself but i definitely wouldn't wouldn't urge you to feel too panicked about looking for every sign and everything it's perfectly normal to to feel a bit odd at times and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong it's very natural to not feel the same from one day to the next it's it's more about noticing when oh yeah maybe i need to maybe i need to ask for a bit of help here maybe i need to check in with some friends go and do something to look after myself just the small things to the early interventions make a big difference of course yeah um so how, how can we support a friend in need if we see they are not themselves 
Yeah, it's something that we've done a lot more work on over the last few years because we used to talk, particularly in our training and in, in the app that we produced, it's much more about your own mind and understanding yourself, the things that, that, that you need and, and particularly understanding the connection between what you do and how you feel. So understanding what, what you can do personally. But a lot of people obviously are trying to also make sure that they're there for other people. And particularly, I think, during the last 18 months when we've had all these pressures, it's been a, a real feeling of solidarity if we need to try and keep an eye out for people we need to try and make sure that we're there for other people and and and, and do something to to be a positive contributor and um the, there's there's definitely a lot of evidence that that talking and listening is really helpful it seems trite it seems like it's just going well you know it's just talking listening it's not it's not a real thing but actually some suggestions that about half of the benefits that people get from psychotherapy are just from having somebody listen to them every week and pay attention take an interest show them respect um, and be genuinely on their side and so I have a friend uh, who runs a project which is all tra training people to use basic language around open questions and, and and trying to be listening attentively to people specifically so that people can get that bit of support from their peers so that they can feel like I don't necessarily need to go and talk to a therapist but I do really value having somebody just ask me if I'm okay and take an interest in the answer and be genuinely empathizing with my situation. And um, so I'd, I'd say the, the, the most important thing that we can do for each other is to listen and, and to take an interest. And this is something that the Samaritans would do if anyone has ever called them or volunteered for them, you'll, you'll know this, but they don't try and solve your problems. What they're, they, they're, they're, they're doing is what they call befriending. And the, there's, a, there's a principle in psychology called tend and befriend, which is when we are under stress, we often seek out other people just to be together when there's adversity. And a lot of the Samaritans approach is that, that you may be going through something very difficult, but at least you don't have to go through it alone. You can have someone there with you in that experience. And so even just by showing up and being with someone when they're feeling upset, it can make a big difference. And, and actually, sometimes we overthink it. We kind of end up thinking, I need to solve the problem, give advice. I don't, I maybe I'll say the wrong thing. I don't know if I can solve it. Just showing up and saying that you feel bad for the person and that you wish well for them and that you you're there if they need anything is that that can make a huge huge difference for people and and particularly i think when we're feeling depressed or down it's that feeling of just there being some 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 positive something around me think oh you know this is all very difficult at the moment but i've got friends i've got people who care about me and we can all i think quite easily do that and uh, we don't need to become experts and mental health nurses or therapists to do that we can just show up and be people and and try and be together through the difficulties yeah it's always nice to have someone to talk to and listen to as well yeah, yeah. so uh, starting university can be triggering for some students moving in with a stranger cooking for yourself moving to a new city or a new country so it's a new challenge really so what advice would you give to someone with mental health di diagnosis when coming to university i think there's well maybe there's two two parts to it actually there's one is one is what you would do with, if you've got a diagnosis and i think maybe i'll talk to that in a, in a minute but i think there's there's a lot of this is quite general advice for all of us because i think a lot of us struggle with that transition and the 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 thing with that is one thing i would definitely try to get across to to anyone starting university and and i i i kind of wish i could go back to my time at university and impress this upon myself when i was at that, at that point is that going to university 
biodiversity is a really, really weird thing. It is not necessarily all that normal to be uprooted from everyone you know, go to a different place, build new relationships whilst also doing a new type of learning. So it is a lot. And I think part of it is about being patient with ourselves to try and allow ourselves a bit of time to adjust. And some some people listening may have had the experience of traveling to a new country and starting a new life there or be thinking about doing that. And there's certainly a kind of uprooting process of that. But it's, it's one thing to do that when you're going say if you're working in a job and you get go to a work in a different country but you're still basically doing the same things but to also have to then try a different approach to studying a new subject perhaps there's a lot of different challenges all, all thrown at us and and the challenges of the finances as well the pressures around that you don't don't help with it so I, I wouldn't be at all worried if you feel like you're really struggling during that process and it doesn't mean that you will struggle in five years time when you don't have all of that going on um, and so I think partly it's that compassion for ourselves that realization that it that it is it is quite a, a difficult thing the other thing with all of that is that um, there's, there's some principles that Martin Seligman, the positive psychologist, talks about, which is quite helpful, called the three Ps. Um, and it's the idea that whatever is happening to you, you try not to think of it as uh, personal, pervasive or permanent. Um, personal meaning it is not something targeted at you. It isn't your fault if you're feeling bad or something bad has happened. Try not to take things too personally. A lot of it is just things that happen and they're not directed at you directly. You're not to blame for things. Um, the the pervasiveness, they will, they will not necessarily be happening to everyone all the time. There may be other situations where this isn't a problem, where you don't feel the same way, that there are other parts of the world, other situations in your, your life where you, you, you can know notice that you don't feel bad. So if you're stressed by something in your studies, that doesn't mean that everything is stressful. It's just there's that bit stressful, but actually things with friends might be good, things with family might be good, or you have a problem with friends, then there might be other things that are okay. And the permanent is that, of course, uh, one thing about having lots of change is that it changes. And so it may well be that you don't feel like this in six months or a year, and don't try and project this as this will be how you feel forever, because actually a lot of this is just at that particular moment in time, things are difficult, and then a year from now, There'll be other things that you're worrying about, other things that that you're that you're facing as challenges, and it keeps moving forward. Um, but to return back to the diagnosis point, because I really do believe that it's important that everyone takes mental health seriously and thinks about it, not just those who've got a diagnosis. My big advice for anybody who's coming to university with a diagnosis is you're not like any different to everyone else. And actually, there are loads of people who may not have a diagnosis, but may be experiencing similar things and have never gone to get help. It may be that there are people who've got things going on, but they can't really put a label to it or an explanation. And it may well be that actually as somebody with a clarity around what you, you're experiencing and what help you need, you're actually equipped quite well to deal with that because you know what you need. But the, the message for, for everybody is the same, which is to try and notice the things that press your buttons, the things that help and support you to get more of the things that you know are good for you and try and manage or avoid the things that you know will, will trigger you. And that that applies whatever your experience is of mental distress or, or otherwise. And we, we've done a lot of work over the years with all kinds of volunteers, all kinds of different settings. And we've never asked people whether they've had a diagnosis because we haven't really needed to, because it's just a different set of experiences. So we're much more interested in everyone coming to it thinking actually what for example what is what do i need to manage my moods and if you have a diagnosis of a mood disorder you may have lots of really good insights about how to manage your moods you may have thought about it more than everyone else has so you could be really helpful to everybody who's thinking i'm in a low mood today what can i do well actually you're perfectly positioned to talk about it so your assets not just uh, people with extra things to need but actually 
advice to give, experiences to share, wisdom to offer the, the people around you. Yeah, of course. So, so when the, the way we are feeling starts to affect our day-to-day -day activities and we have low mood and we start to have a bad thoughts, what in the brain is happening and what can we do to get back to the track? Yes, getting back on track. It's, it's interesting. Friends of mine who suffer with bipolar disorder often talk about the track. Staying on the railway tracks is a common analogy of that. Of noticing when you're starting to go slightly off and reining yourself back in as quickly as possible. And and I, so I think a lot of the way that people manage mood problems is, is very similar to how we can all be managing our moods, which is just to be noticing the things that buffet us around. Um, the, the, I, sh I should make sure I keep mentioning the, 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 the app that we've done, the Mind Apples app, which is on the App Store at the moment there is a whole module in there about managing moods which goes into this in a lot more detail um, the, the way to think of it is that moods and emotions are not quite exactly the same thing but um, uh, it, it, they're very closely related but emotions tend to be more reactions to particular things that are happening so someone says something to you and upsets you so you feel angry that's an emotional reaction. Moods are more long-term. They're more set back from that. They're not about anything particular that has happened. It's more about what you've taken on from that. So you, you, you had an angry blowout with your friend and then you patched it up, but two days later, you still feel kind of fed up and it's not really about the thing anymore. It's more about where that's left you, your kind of inner state. And so thinking about your moods is often a good way of keeping track of how, of the sort of long-term way that things are affecting you, the, the things that are going on in the background. And a lot of it is linked to attention. So what happens is that we start to feel, for example, a bit down, a bit sad, something happens that makes us upset, then uh, we feel kind of still a bit down and flat for a couple of days afterwards, but can't really even remember why anymore. But then because you're feeling down, you start to notice more things that you're annoyed about or upset by. And the, the way that your attention starts to work is that your mood will help, will filter the way that you see the world. You, you'll look at all the different things and you start to see, actually, I just see all the bad stuff. And before you know it, it feels like the world's quite a hostile place, quite, you know, everything's, everything's getting to you. But the world very rarely gives us one side of the story. There is usually more to it than that. There's usually other things going on. And when, when you notice that you're only really noticing a certain type of input you're only really noticing the bad things that's the clue to think actually maybe i should talk to someone maybe i should get a bit of perspective because um you you know you you wake up in a in a bad mood and it feels like everybody's in your way no one cares about you someone slams the door in your face and you feel like angry about it but you miss the person who's held the door open for you earlier because you weren't really scanning for that you missed the generosity the kindness the people looking out for you and so Beware whenever your mind is telling you that there is only one side to the story because uh, there's usually more to it. But it's it's a good habit, I think, to just get into is just to think, how's my mood today and how is it affecting the way that I see the world? Because it will every day you'll see slightly different things and that's okay. It's just your mind trying to call attention to things. Nothing wrong with being in a bad mood. All your bad mood is doing is telling you that it wants you to pay attention to problems, uh, difficulties, things that you want to fix or change or improve. But when you're in a good mood, you notice opportunities, possibilities, things to try out or explore or play with, and they're both useful. And so try not to get stuck just in one mode because actually you, you end up with half the half the story, but, but none of it is a, a sign there's anything wrong. The problem comes when we start thinking, uh, that uh, everything that I'm seeing is the uh, is the, the the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I, I've got a perfect grasp of it. None of us have got a perfect grasp of anything. Talk to people; they'll probably tell you some stuff that you missed, and that's fine. We'll figure it out together. Yeah, of course. And that Mindable app is it free accessible for students? 
Yes. So this is one of the things that we've been doing is um, the, the, the Mind Apples app. It's normally a subscription service. The first module, the Feed Your Mind module, with a lot of these basics, is is um, uh, something that's available for anyone. But for for UK students, we're providing codes that you can use to get a free subscription to the whole package uh, for a year. So that's one of the things that we're really hoping people will take us up on and and particularly give us feedback. Because what we want to find out is if the things that we've got in our app are useful for mm. for students, because that builds the case that actually it's something that we could offer to more students maybe get some funders to help with us um, providing other services to students so the more we can get in terms of feedback on the app and other services about what you think is helpful what will be what's useful for for supporting you and making sense of your minds then then the better but but yes absolutely we want to try and give away as much as we can of all the things that we've developed for workplaces for adult populations we want to try and give that to um to anybody who we think is particularly having a hard time at the moment which i think students definitely have had a, had a difficult period lately yeah of course as a result of pandemic it can be very very hard to get back into the flow of university so students may have been through lots of challenge like loss isolations and lack of motivation so what suggestions and tips would you have for students yeah, it's, it's been it's one of those times where we, I guess we're all aware that everyone's having a difficult time, but it's not quite clear who's having a worse time than everyone else. It's sort of quite difficult to place ourselves in it. Um, and and so I mean, some of it is, it is quite helpful to just realise that we've all been having quite a difficult time and to, to be quite kind to ourselves for that. It's, of course, we're struggling with these situations. I mean, I, I think it's been a, a theme throughout our work that we're not trying to just tell people that they have to cheer up or be more resilient. It's about trying to understand the things that we need and get them together so actually some of it is about thinking what can I do to influence my situation for the better if I'm feeling isolated what can I do to try and get some safe easy ways to go out and see people or to stay in contact with people and just practice those things it's not just about being okay with feeling isolated it's about thinking what can I do to change that and not feel isolated and so don't be afraid to try and think actually figure out what you want and ask people for it and to try and push back and say what would really help me you know ask your institutions ask your colleagues ask your ask your lecturers your you know your tutors what would what would help you but the thing that i think is really helpful for anyone who's trying to support themselves or for anyone trying to support us is for us to know what we want and so that motivation piece is, I think, the bit that we need to try and hang on to. And again, there's a module in the app about motivation that helps trying to figure out what is, why is it that some tasks feel really easy and others feel like a massive drag, basically. What is it about it that you can be the same person, you look at one task and you feel like you have no energy and you look at another task and you think, oh, I can't wait to do that. Um, but a lot of it is about the, the intersection point of what other people want you to do. So all the things that you have on your list of like, you must do this, you must do that, you must go here, you must do that. Uh, and then the things that you actually feel excited about, which may be a different list of things that you feel energized by or things that you look forward to. And then the third one that's very important is what you're good at, what you're able to do well. And if you can try and do more of the things that you enjoy and more of the things that get you to use your skills, make you feel good at things, it slowly builds up that 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 possibility of actually maybe there's some things that I do want to get out of bed for that I do feel like I can get enthusiastic about and that can balance the maybe there are still some things that we need to do that we don't want to but at least we can we can balance those out with having done some things that we really like and I usually with everything that we have to do there will be something that you care about 
and and so it, you could just the easiest way of doing it is if you've got things on your list that you don't want to do well just don't do them right easy cross them off your list but if when you come to cross them off your list you think oh, i can't just not do that then yeah. chances are there is something that matters to you something that you're passionate about something useful that you can do and at least you then know okay yeah at least i can I, i'll just do that bit um but yeah trying to hang on to that sense of what what you like doing what you're good at that build out from there and tackle your to-do list with a sense of being capable being interested in things that, that there are some nice things to look forward to i think that's the really important bit yeah of course so so uncertainty can make someone very very anxious and very stressed so we have this throughout the pandemic so what advice would you give and help for students yeah uncertainty has been a theme actually for years whenever i talk to people they say there's so much more uncertainty than normal but it, it that was sort of something that people were saying back in 2019 and then i don't think they had any idea how much uncertainty we'd then have in 2020 so it's all it's all relative um i mean the, the uncertainty that we experience here is is not necessarily very evenly distributed and of course around the world is you know there's much greater challenges and much you know very huge instability and uncertainty so at least we can be grateful for some of the solidity that we've got in this country some of the stability that we have but uh, i think uh, to, to, to some extent the, the the thing to bear in mind is that uncertainty is not necessarily always the problem because loads of things are uncertain that if you're thinking about whether you know everything that will ever happen ever of course we don't but it's particularly when things that really matter to us feel uncertain or when things that we're accountable to for other people feel uncertain so if there are things that you have to do that other people are waiting for and you don't know how to do them or you haven't got the resources you need that feels quite stressful if there are things that are really important to you like your health or your friends or your family or your, your studies or success in exams when those things feel uncertain that will that will feel a lot more stressful but you don't need to control everything you don't need you try and figure out what you can let go just go don't know what's going to happen with that but i don't need to think about it right now i just i can i can drop that from my list and try and identify the things that you really think are important or the things that you know other people are need you to do and just focus in on trying to get a bit of control over those and the thing that i, I we often talk to about with people when they're stressed is that it's often about trying to get control over the immediate things in your life the resources that you use to get things done trying to get control over where you're living the technology in your life friendship around you family if you have control over those central things then you can often tolerate other things being a bit more unclear you know, not really quite knowing what's going to happen in the future. What kind of job will I get when I leave it? You can let that go because you've got some certainty about, I'm, you know, I'm going to be all right tomorrow. I'm going to be able to do the things that people have asked me to do. My, you know, my friends are OK. My family's healthy. You know, the, figure out what you need control over to feel safe and, and try to let the rest go because there's an infinite number of things that we could try and get control over. But as long as we've got our core sorted out then actually the uncertainty around us can feel actually maybe like fun maybe interesting maybe i don't know what's going to happen next and isn't that interesting rather than i don't know what's going to happen next and oh no this is a disaster <laughs> yeah definitely so so how important is it to talk about mental health and how we are feeling well, I, I mean, I would say very important, but I'm biased. You know, I, I do this for a living now. So um, but it's it's interesting how many people haven't really talked about it over the years. But it's not usually because people say it's, it, it, it's not 
worth it. It's usually just we sort of overlook it. So I'm, I'm a big advocate for saying that we should try and uh, just put our attention on these obvious things that we know are important. We know our minds are important. We know that we need to look after ourselves, but we kind of we're busy doing things. We're running around. We take our minds for granted. And so for me, the, the, the goal of it is not to be constantly introspective and worrying about everything and, you know, tracking every aspect of ourselves. It's just to try and keep reminding ourselves of actually I, I do need to keep keep an eye on what's going on here. I do need to remember to do the things that that are good for me. I do need to check in with you know with other people about it. And it's so it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be small reminders where it's a natural part of it. Our, our slogan at Mind Apples is to make looking after our minds as natural as brushing our teeth. And the natural part is important because it just should come naturally. It shouldn't be like a forced thing where you go right. It's time to talk about our mental health. It should just be part of how we treat each other, how we talk to each other, the way that we check in in the way that we think about ourselves but i think it's hugely important to do it because without that it's very easy for a small problem to turn into a big one and, and a lot of the people that i've talked to over the course of the pandemic it's not been that there's been an immediate crisis it's more that there are you can see that people some people have managed to every day they can sort of look after themselves and they're doing okay so a year on they're more or less the same as they were at the start of the pandemic other people i've known have, have just every day they get slightly worse they're struggling a little bit more and over the course of 365 days that adds up into actually feeling like quite a big problem and so we really need to talk about these things just when they're small when they're little things that don't really require huge interventions a little bit of help here would would sort it out a word from a friend a bit of an adjustment to the way that we're working let's talk about the small stuff because then we can make sure it doesn't turn into the big stuff course yeah so how can we encourage students to feel comfortable to talk about mental health and seek advice and support i mean at ntu we've got like a massive and lots of support in campus but some students just do not reach out so, so how mm. would you support that yeah it's, it's but it's, partly it's the kind of perceptions people have of needing help like i don't want to need help and so that's i think that's partly why i say it's good to talk about the small things that it, it, if it feels like the only point we can ask for help is when there's a crisis it feels like crossing a line it's like i've become one of these people who needs to ask for help now but if it's just a natural part of our day-to-day -day life then then it becomes a kind of a, a much less and much less of a big deal um i mean i, I think one of the things that we found is that if you want people to talk about problems with their minds let's first talk about our minds so we we done work in a law firm for example where we just came and ran some workshops about uh, managing moods and dealing with stress and getting motivated and you know making good decisions being creative and what the firm saw was a big increase in people coming to hr for support specifically saying that they 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 were doing that because this was a firm where people are talking about their minds and the Mind Apples workshops have made them feel like it's okay to talk about this stuff. And so it doesn't have to be all a kind of, you know, how are you? Are you okay? Let's talk about heavy, difficult things. It can just be a, a light touch thing where you go, actually, we're the sort of place where we talk about these things and it's, a, it's just a natural part of the day to day. And that makes it a lot easier for somebody with a particular problem to come forward. I mean, if you are trying to get support with a mood disorder, 
and no one has ever mentioned moods before in anyone you know has ever mentioned the word mood it's very hard to go so I, I need some support with my moods whereas if your friends and your colleagues your family are talking about moods talking about what they need then it's a lot easier to say well actually I have a mood disorder I need a bit of support with this so I have to manage myself a bit so I think the more we can just make this a normal part of our conversations the, the easier it is and so there's a particular challenge around asking for help with, with people feeling that it's a sign of weakness as well and I think one one of the things that's really flipped in my head around that is that actually one of, one of the things that is a sign of strength is attending to yourself and making sure that you are well and look after yourself and get the support that you need to see that as part of being uh, a high performing person and so actually interestingly a lot of the routes in we get to talking to people about looking after their minds are talking about productivity creativity making good decisions about being the best version of yourself that you can and actually in that context it makes perfect sense to come and get help with anything that you think might be interfering with that so we've done sessions with investment bankers who are incredibly busy running around all the time really driven highly competitive environment and we've said to them actually you want to be at your best so let's talk about the ways that you can get there rather than it being like the only people who talk about this are people in crisis actually people who want to just look after themselves and do well in their exams, get on with other people, be a good support to their friends. It's useful to talk about this. It can be for everyone. Yeah, I think it's very useful to offer these workshops for students, you know, so they can reach help and support. Um, so have you any recommended techniques, like, for example, using stress checkup for students that they can access for or sign up for? Um, so yeah, there's I mean there's there's a lot of different techniques in particularly in the app and in, we've got some tip sheets as well that we can we um, that are on our website. If you look at mindapples.org, there's a there's a bunch of resources there. A lot of it we we tend to deal more in sort of formulas or models or frameworks to help us think about it. So with with um, stress, for example, there's a really good model which is around resources, uh, which is that we, we've got all these challenges coming at us. But the thing that makes something feel stressful is not just that it's challenging. Actually, lots of things can be challenging and they're quite exciting and motivating. It's fine. The problem is when you do an assessment on it and consciously or unconsciously, you'll ask yourself, do I have the resources to deal with this? And if you don't feel you've got the resources to deal with it, then it feels like much more of a threat. And so actually a really good technique is to start trying to take account of your resources, to try and think about what are my skills? What are the people that I can rely on? What are the assets that I need in order to feel like I've got things under control and to build that up and to, to invest in that, particularly when you come to a new place, you've got all these challenges facing you, all these new, you know, new networks to build. Think, what do I need in order to feel like I can handle all the stuff thrown at me and then consciously work to try and acquire those things to build up that, that stuff? Because it's it, you don't have to wait for problems to hit before trying to take some action about it you can actually think well what can i do to make things easier in the future how can i be kind to my future self by doing some things now that make me feel like when the pressure hits i'm ready and i i've got the support i need i've got the the tools the techniques the skills the capabilities that, that i want in place so building good habits you know good habits around looking after your mind just simple day-to-day -day things good habits around how you work effectively what can you do to mean that you can concentrate well that you know what's the environments that you find you're at your best and try and spend more time in those the support the relationships that you want in place to mean that you've got people to talk to you can build all of that up in advance before you get to the point where you think oh actually this is a bit difficult i really need some support you can have it all there waiting um, and if you haven't got that and you're struggling with it then it's definitely about 
figuring out who to speak, who to speak to. You can reuse other people's resources too. You don't need to do everything yourself and a bit of help from somebody with a bit more uh, skills in an area or capacity to sort something out can just unlock it for you. So thinking about who are your mind apples, who are the people that you you rely on to make you feel like you you know life is life is something you can cope with and seeking out seeking out people. People are are generally although they're stressful they're also incredibly useful and having people around makes a big big difference. Yeah, this seems like a lot of um, resources that students can use. Um, so if, if you had one golden nugget of advice for students, uh, for our students and stuff, for looking after themselves, what would it be? I had to sum up everything in a in a in a single nugget. Um, yeah. <laughs> apart from download the Mind Apples app and get a code and tell us what you think about it, which is of course the most important thing anyone could do as a student for their mind. Um, and so the big the big thing that I have in my mind all the time that we talk about with our particularly with our our, our workplace clients is um, that your mind is your greatest asset. You rely on it for everything that you do. And so whatever you're trying to do in your life, whether you want to do well in your studies, get on well with other people, um, have more fun, look after your mental health, you're going to be using your mind to do it. And so investing in it and trying to think about what it needs and making sure that it, it has everything um, to, to thrive is, I think, the most important thing. And I, I used to think of it that my responsibility to to my clients, to my, my staff, to my, my board, to people in my life was to... To, to do more, to give more of myself, to work longer hours, push more of myself at things. Now I think my responsibility is to show up to whatever I'm going to do in the best possible mental state to do it as well as I can. And it changes everything about how I run my, my routine because the time I spend resting and recharging and having fun and talking to people and looking after myself is time invested in making sure I'm better at all the things that I need to do and being more useful to other people around me. So when I, I, I I've done, uh, I, I'm trying, trying to think back to my experiences of being a student. I mean, I, when I was first an undergraduate student, um, uh, I, I threw myself into exams, worked long hours, everybody was working crazy hours, revising into the middle of the night. We were all completely strung out and all over the place. We could barely remember our names. Um, uh, and then later in later life, I came back and I did a master's. I did an MSc. And my approach to those exams was very different because the thing that I would do is think, what what do I need to do to go into that exam feeling rested and able to think clearly and able to remember everything that I know I know? And so my my technique for managing, for preparing for those exams was a lot about managing my well-being, looking after myself. I would walk to the exams rather than just arriving in a rush straight from reading. I would get some time to just do nothing, let things settle, rest, sleep properly, eat well. I, would, I didn't do any of those things when I was an undergraduate. And I, I'm convinced that if I had, I would have got better grades, worked, worked more effectively and looked after my mental health more in the process. So my nugget, I suppose, is don't think of this as either looking after your health or being good at your studies. Think of it as looking after your health in order to be able to handle all of the things that are coming at you because we rely on our minds for everything. So let's look after them. Thank you very much, Andy, um, for today. You have shared really great um, tips and advice with us for a student they can use, how to look after their mental health and well-being, and definitely trying this app of Mind Apple would be great um, advice for season two years. So thank you very much for having us today. Um, and if you would like to share more advice or would like to say anything else for today? 
Uh, I think really just try and, try and let us know what we can do to help. So if you download the app, uh, it's just the Mind Apples app. So Mind Apples, all one word on Android or iOS. Uh, download that. There's a feedback form in there, and we're also when you redeem a code, we'll send you a, a couple of forms to fill in, which is just really asking how's this helped, what other things would be useful. Just tell us what we can do to to help you, because we really do want to make sure that all the students get the support that they deserve and that they need during this this hopeful return back to normality. We've all been through a lot and we need to stick together. So check out mindapples.org if you want more resources and um, I look forward to hearing from you. Yes, of course. Yeah, we will be sharing this MindApple with students, of course. Thank Great. you very much for, for today, Andy. Thanks so much. Nice to talk to you. Bye.